I'd like to introduce uh, Ram Hugahali, who's a principal hardware engineer at Microsoft um, in the Azure Hardware Systems and Infrastructure Group. And Ram's focus areas are hyperscaler systems architecture, SOC platform level interconnects, and accelerator architecture strategies for the next two to four years. And prior to Microsoft, um, Ram has been with the Intel Corporation, um, contributing to memory and IO subsystem directions in various Xeon processes and platforms, large, set, large scale HPC interconnect product roadmaps and system level simulation methodologies. And Ram holds MS degrees in electrical engineering and engineering management from Missouri University of Science and Technology. So Ram's talk is going to be titled co-packaged optics in future server designs. Ram, over to you. Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Uh, very excited to be here uh, and to be sharing some of the observations that we have at Microsoft. Um, I've been working for Microsoft since 2019. Uh, the team that I'm part of is called the Azure Hardware Architecture Team. And this is where we provide the architecture strategies and define them around the two to four year horizon approximately, right? So. Uh, really, a lot of the a lot of the churn that happens in data centers, it's fun to see and fun to be able to observe the problems and engage with a with a crowd like this to understand how we can introduce new and cool technology. So, super exciting to be here. I've got three main slides, and I want to take you through a a a another familiar. I would say it's not a new uh, notion, but another familiar notion of disaggregation. And uh, on this slide, I want to mainly talk about where the need for flexibility and scalability is coming from, especially in the context of server designs. Um, Co-packaged optics is, a, is a, not a new notion. I think we've had some excellent introductions to, to that topic again, and a, a refresh just from both Catherine at the beginning of the day, as well as Rob. So CPO itself is a, is a new thing. The question is, in to what extent does CPOs actually applicable inside a server box, a typical server. That's a topic that I want to focus on. You can have all kinds of applications of CPU, but what about server design? And it starts with making observations on where do we need flexibility and scalability? First, uh, if you look at the data center application trends, it's just amazing in terms of the number of rate, the number and the range of external and internal applications that are running in data centers, right? It's ever increasing, it's already large and continuously there's just so many things that run. And that variety, that whole range directly implies a proliferation of platform configurations and designs. So it's, it, it's the, the default inclination is essentially, I've got a new application, it requires a new combination of resources. Let's figure out how to take a baseline and configure it differently. If that doesn't work, let's just introduce a new design from the ground up, including boards and things like that. And that's sort of the, 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 the default trend. And we are concerned, and some of the considerations to address the concern about that proliferation are to really figure out how to minimize the, the skews or the configuration. So if you minimize the skews, then we have uniformity in the resources, and we can effectively take advantage of that with our resource allocators and increase the efficiency of using those resources, increase resource utilization effectively. Uh, we also want to minimize platform design. They're, they're, they're so expensive to build, right? The development cost of every unique platform design is very significant. So this is something that uh, I think it really 
uh, we want to have a handle on. The different types of I.O. devices, which their own form factors. You said we have PCI car cards of various form factors. You have drives of various form factors that all need to want to get in and sit in the same board, uh, in the same one new box. These are all, again, challenges. The fixed and rigid routing that uh, we, we really need to sort of uh, design to in PCBs is another challenge. And the default approach where you try to look at the worst case and you build an all-in-one design, that's, that's looking to be untenable, right? There's significant mechanical and electrical design challenges as the range of applications increase, uh, trying to do all-in-one designs is just not cutting it. And you've got these new rack standards and chassis standards that actually encourage packing things, more things into, into the design, into a chassis, but uh, that actually, to some extent, exacerbates the challenges. You can pack things in terms of volume, but how do you actually design the connectivity to all of the resources that you can actually pack into the system, right? So it's, not, it's a non-trivial thing. Um, that's something that we really are concerned about as well. And these platforms, it's important to know that they're quite different relative to uh, the Ethernet switches, right? So you have, if you look at some of the Ethernet switch designs and considerations of optics and optical integration, the nice uniform fan out is not the opportunity that we have here, right? You, you're going to, you, we're looking at all kinds of front to back and back to back to front and crisscrossing of PCB traces, all kinds of messy scenarios just to be able to design all these things into as fewer designs as possible, right? So those are some of the considerations that we have in mind. So all of the, uh, the discussions and uh, and the prior art and disaggregated systems and modular systems is starting to really make sense. And the question really is how do we make it practical, right? So how do you actually really move in, in this space? Uh, and and that's, that's two pieces to it, right? There are two important pieces to it. One of them is how do you make the physical disaggregation with flexible connectivity happen with the right interconnect technology, topology, all the componentry around interconnects? And how do you, what is the architecture that allows us to flexibly compose systems and pool resources, right? So those are the two top level challenges that we really need to be able to address, okay? Um, the, uh, the barriers, let's take a look at what's, what, what's, uh, what are some of the hurdles, right? The concept is not new. The practical barriers include uh, challenges that we still can fit a lot of configurations within, within a use. So if we have to, have a, a, another subset for which we need to make special designs, let's just do that. And it's an expensive thing to do, not always practical. And that large sub, subset is a shrinking subset, right? So that's, that's one counter to this issue. There's still a lot of aversion to introducing platform level cabling, right? Cost, size, operator error, cabling of any sort in a high volume platform is a, a thumbs down, significant aversion to it. Uh, PCIe, CXL, read timers and switches, and again, in high volume platforms, they impact overall PCO, right? So if you introduce this in every platform and just scale to millions of platforms, it adds up very quickly. And, and the thing that I want to get into is where does CPO come in into this, right? The starting perception for our platform designers is that these, are, these appear to be partial solution. I've got bigger problems. I'll get into some of the bigger problems in the platform. But we are solving the energy efficiency problem of 
certain interfaces, but I've got all kinds of interfaces in the platform. So it, it appears to be just a partial solution. So what is the opportunity for CPO then, right? It is a distinct step forward. So we have had uh, other reviews and presentations. The characteristics look good. We have a certain set of targets in mind and some of the numbers that we're hearing are very, very promising. So great promising technology relative to copper-based connectivity. But uh, introducing any form of optical connectivity beyond copper cabling, it's going to meet even greater resistance. It requires further innovation. And uh, it's particularly that because these are volume compute platforms, again, it's these, this is not Ethernet switch platforms. These are not specialized applications such as HPC or AI. These are volume platforms. So that's sort of the ultimate challenge. How do you get these technologies into volume platforms and make it all work? And it seems like we need to understand that CPO is just one component, right? Uh, it enables a lot of things, but we really need to envision an optical technology-based complete system that provides comprehensive benefits. Right? And I'll, I'll essentially see some thoughts here in terms of the kinds of things that need to go into an optical system, right? So I don't necessarily have a conceptual visualization. That is something that I hope once we identify the key ingredient technologies, that we can work together to put together a conceptual system and work towards prototypes and eventually deployment. But some of the characteristics appear to be minimizing or eliminating the contention with other SOC chiplets. This, this is non-trivial. It's not like you can eliminate the, any footprint relative to CPO or equivalent technology. But the problem is that this package that our compute SOCs sit on they are heavily contender packages. They're already large. Almost everything in the platform is wanting to get onto that package. So CPO like chiplets need to contend with other chiplets. The footprint is non-trivial, right? So that's something that we need to think about and we need to obviously pay attention to the, uh, the, the size of these chiplets as well as uh, consider things like uh, 3D stacking technology so that you can sort of hide these chiplets underneath other, other chiplets and other, other layers of a 3D stack. Another thing is we need to envision what full optical connectivity looks like all around our SOCs, right? So if the long pole and the dominant source of IOs in a CPU in an SOC is something like DDR, if you look at the pie chart at the bottom right, the gray, the gray piece and the in the orange piece is all related to DDR uh, data signals and ground signals. Okay, so that's the dominant part that's burdening an SOC, and you're not directly addressing that with CPU, but you're focusing on say PCI and some other I/O connectivity. You're not solving the problem, and there can be a perception that you're actually compounding what is already a bad problem with with DDR. Okay. Um, we, we need to think about how do you actually enable dynamic composition of resources and you need some kind of a switching technology and you can't, you can't just throw in retimers and electrical switches everywhere. They, they potentially exacerbate the TCO problem. So you need to think in terms of hydrodics and small footprint optical switches with which you can have flexible, you can dial in flexible uh, resource ratios and compose, compose resources. And finally, fibers directly into that 
server compute SOC, that can be pretty intimidating, right? So we don't do anything like that at this point, obviously. Uh, it's all PCB electrical traces through a substrate and through the to a PCB. And so how do you get fibers into this? And it can be avoided in some way. Can we think in terms of uh, optical sockets and waveguides through a board? And what are the challenges there? I'm sure that's been thought about, but uh, you know, anything to avoid a whole bunch of fibers coming out of an SOC will be incredibly important and useful to look at. I will stop there. I may be running out of time, Rob, but uh, I'll pause there and uh, take any questions or. Great, thanks very much, Ram. That was that was really interesting. Um, just looking at the chat right here, I don't see any uh, messages or any any um, any questions. I just for the for the attendees, I just reiterate. I mean, if you have any questions, either please feel free to answer them into the Q and A uh, queue or into the into the chat, and we'll uh, and we'll address those. And if you think of any other questions, um, we'll try to tackle those as we as we get to the panel discussion. Um, actually, Ram, though, maybe selfishly, I can, I can ask you some questions. Uh, you know, I, it's, you um, outlined and one of the themes I picked up um, from some of the topics that you mentioned was um, the need for composability and flexibility of, of your connectivity. And you think you can achieve that by, by using optics more widely in your infrastructure. Um, the question is, you know, by doing so, I mean, do you think there's any additional overhead um, in terms of you know, performance hit that you might take by doing that? And is that tolerable? Or do you really need to maintain the same level of performance, but also enable um, this flexibility and composability? Is there any, any trade-offs that you can make there? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it may be a longer discussion depending on the, the nature of the system. And, uh, but if you, if you put forward uh, things like memory technologies that you might be disaggregating, et cetera, even for those um, which those kinds of scenarios which stretch the requirements of it, CPU is looking very promising. Some of the characteristics that we're looking at for uh, uh, in terms of picojoules per bit with uh, short reach, die to die interconnects, and uh, the, some of the latency characteristics, they look absolutely exciting. So if you look at um, the, the slides that I've got, I, I wouldn't make a big deal about needing even better latency and picojoules per bit. It, it sees other problems. The, the baseline direction of the technology is looking absolutely great. Let's just envision the fuller system around it. Okay, great. Thanks very much. 